Welcome to the Michigan Minds Podcast, a quick and informative analysis of today's top issues from University of Michigan faculty. Thank you so much for joining me today on Michigan Minds. Before we jump into all of the great information that you're going to provide us today, could you please all take a moment to introduce yourselves and a little bit about your role at the University of Michigan? Absolutely. So I'm Kelly Carbone and I work at Wolverine Wellness, which is part of University Health Service on campus. And I'm a health educator and a big part of my job is teaching the, the course that we're going to be talking about in a little bit, but also providing wellness coaching. I also offer support to our collegiate recovery program and I'm very involved in mindfulness activities on campus. My name is Janet Jansen. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a health educator at Wolverine Wellness. And um, like Kelly, I do a little bit of everything, but some of my favorite activities would be working one-on-one -on -one with students in wellness coaching, helping them explore their health and well-being and um, figuring out their meaning and purpose. And um, I'm also an instructor for the Living Well in College and Beyond course that is housed in University Health Service. I'm Joy Pelkey. I also work at Wolverine Wellness with these incredible folks. Uh, Wolverine Wellness, while we are a student-facing unit, and, and Janet and Kelly and I spend a lot of time working with students around all areas of their well-being, we also serve staff and faculty. And I think that's important to know because we're not necessarily working with staff and faculty on their well-being, but we're helping them to support student well-being, as we all know. In the last couple of years, it's become even more apparent how many barriers there are to students' mental health and well-being. And so um, that's a little bit about what we'll talk about today, too, is how we um, try to play a role in, in sort of student staff and faculty to help to support uh, undergraduate and graduate student well-being. So that's that's a big part of my work as well. Thank you all for sharing that. So we'll jump right in. So the first question that we have for you guys today is what is the ALA 240 Living Well in College and Beyond course? So the ALA course is something that really grew out of years and years of wellness coaching sessions and conversations that we were having with each other, but we found that we were telling students individually, Janet mentioned our one-on-one -on -one work, we were having all these one-on-one -on -one conversations with students about mindfulness and imposter syndrome and compassion and all of that stuff. And we really realized that if we could get students together in a group, um, we could probably have a deeper impact. But also what we're finding is a lot of these issues that we talk about really require some sort of culture change. And so having students gather together in a group and have vulnerable conversations with each other around these things is actually really a part of changing culture on campus regarding well-being. So it's a two-credit course that undergraduates can take. Um, I think we're in our 10th semester now. Joy and I created it like five years ago. Our first semester was an independent study. Um, Pat Gurin, a very respected emeritus faculty on campus, was gracious enough to be our advocate for that. And then LSNA after that first semester was really just open arms, welcoming this idea and giving us a lot of space to try something. They trusted us. They trusted the, the importance of the message that we were given. So, um, and it really was in response to just feeling like we wanted to have more reach and create that space where students felt like they had other people who were speaking the same language that they were. 
Absolutely. It sounds like such a great course. And since you have had this course for so long now, how has that course evolved and how does this course help students moving forward in their college careers and past that? We noticed that for the most part, students um, chose to take the course. If we'd go around in the beginning of the first class session and say, you know, what, what made you want to take this course? They, they would essentially be saying, please help me with my wellness, right? Which was great. And we totally understood that. And then we also kind of felt like we had a, a dual responsibility to the students. One was to help them build their skills and strategies to care for their own wellness. But another big part of our work with this class is sort of to deconstruct the unhelpful wellness advice that's out there. So for those of you who are listening, it might be thinking about like the really surfacey messages about what it means to be healthy or well that you might see on like a health and wellness magazine cover. It can, can fall very flat. Um, it doesn't take into account, you know, health equity issues and, and disparities. And so really, I think we spend a lot of the course sort of breaking down those simplistic health and wellness messages that just don't land on everyone very well. And then building it back up so that students can sort of see themselves in not in just their own well-being, but to really think about how do their identities shape how they see health and wellness, how they perceive their own ability to be well. And then our biggest hope, and this is sort of along the lines of the question about how has it evolved, was we really want them to come out of the course not just with a greater understanding of their own well-being and how to be well, but to actually play a role in other people's wellness too. We've sometimes talked about it as like, as how do we create, you know, like wellness ambassadors who can see that in any culture, whether you're talking about a small group, a department, a unit, an organization, that there's always gonna be challenges with health and wellness and mental health. And so how can they be ambassadors to make changes and not make assumptions and not give advice that actually isn't helpful. Um, and so uh, the newest version of the course is actually a, a, a version for student leaders. And when I say that, I don't mean that you have to identify as a leader to take the course, but that we're actually building you up to be a leader and to really look at the intersection between leadership and well-being, um, because we just know there's so many different layers that impact college students. Um, and so, so I guess, you know, we wanted to help them individually for sure, but we want them to see the greater picture of the communities they're in, even society, you know, Kelly was talking about how do we shift culture? Like what are the biggest issues on a college campus and, and how can they play a role and not feel like they're just like riding the, the wave of it? This next year, we're actually starting a new version where students who take the course, the prerequisite will be taking the course to become a peer facilitator for the course. So we're actually continuing to evolve the course into a peer facilitation model. As Janet was saying, that's the power, right? Students hear from each other in a way that's different. And so um, the course is continuing to grow. Um, and, and so it's also, you know, we're, we're always in this tension of wanting it to grow and also being really conscious that it works best in, in, in a small discussion-based environment. Um, so I hope that any students who are listening right now who have any questions will contact us. 
I would just add that I think one of the things that has really evolved is when we first started teaching the course, I think it was much more centered on individual experience. And as the more we learned about community well-being and systemic well-being, we really started weaving in a lot of that stuff so that we're telling the students we're not just trying to patch you up and sending you back out into the war zone. We really also want to engage you in a conversation about what are those systemic barriers to well-being on campus. And we have students really do a deep dive and unpack like what are the alcohol messages you get on campus what are the message you, messages you're getting around hookup culture or eating or or grades or those things and so really helping students see that we're not just trying to put a band-aid on something but part of why we're trying to engage student leaders is that we know that they will have influence to move into some of those spaces and hopefully make that culture change from the inside out um, in the future I think one of the things we end up repeating a lot is you can't yoga yourself out of oppression or discrimination. And so we're very w aware of where the, the line is between what you can do and what really needs a community to change. Thank you so much for sharing that. What are important takeaways from this course that you hope students remember moving forward? There are so many takeaways. Um, and so there are takeaways that we've learned as instructors to improve our course design, but the takeaways from the students are very compelling as well. So the data that we have um, over all of these semesters, um, students really enjoy the class and leave the class with a lot of deep learning and hope moving forward. And um, we are an experiential based course. So students, and we, we sometimes even refer to it as a lab because we give students a series of experiments that they have to try on. And um, some of that might be asking for help from a resource on campus or out in the community, um, practicing kindness or um, extending social um, connection to someone that they're not typically um, connected to. Uh, we have people do difficult conversations around issues that are controversial and hard to talk about. And um, we also have people doing a outreach at the very end. And that's part of the leadership um, course that we are doing is you don't have to be on an e-board or an exec board to be a leader, but you can actually influence your roommates, um, your family, your siblings, the communities that you belong, student orgs and things like that. And so our classes are really small, so we can do some really intense work. Um, there are only 16 students, but um, from a section of 16, there are over 100 people um, who received health and well-being messages from the students. And so part of that was they were tabling in um, Angel Hall, um, or they were talking to their um, athletic team or their club sport. So um, lots of different ways that the messages are being spread and it it goes a lot farther than um, a professor and instructor saying you should take care of yourself but when when a peer is saying you need to sleep or let's talk about sleep it goes a lot farther so with that experiential learning we actually have students explore their lived experiences and challenge some of the norms that are happening or that they're experiencing or facing every day and students actually thrive and flourish when they have a comprehensive approach to student success, when they know that they are more than their GPA or their letter of recommendations or their interns. Yes, all internships, all of those things are really important. And we know that students with some 
mindfulness. Um, Kelly uh, does a lot of mindfulness, but just taking that pause and just saying what else is important and what else can you attend to um, is helpful. And also preparing students, especially those who have a lot of privilege or a lot of support and resources already, um, making space to have those hard conversations so that other people who don't have the same resources and support also um, have equity and um, uh, have more space to explore um, as well. So we have lots of data that students love positive psychology. They liked mindfulness. Um, they are really doing some really um, great work in emotional intelligence. Gratitude shows up, resilience. And I'm sure there are others. Thank you so much for sharing that. That was really great to hear. And it sounds like students are really enjoying this and moving forward with this. As we kind of finish up here, I do want to ask, what's something that you hope that everybody remembers from the conversation that we had today? The thing I really want students to remember, everyone to remember, is that your path to well-being is unique. And like Joy was saying earlier, we get magazine messages and all this stuff that sort of try to make it a one-size-fits-all experience. And so really giving people permission to try on skills and see if they work and you know help them find their own way through. So no one's path is going to look the same. What works for me may not work for someone else. So creating that space to keep trying and keep experimenting and not give up because you will find something that really hums and clicks for you. Another really unique aspect of this course, which I don't think happens very much, is our course, you will be in class with a first year, first semester student, second year, third year, fourth year, fourth year plus. And our students tell us that's not normal. And that's another unique aspect of the course. So I just want to make sure that I say that because I think it's really powerful to have them all be talking together across all different years um, at U of M. The other thing I want to mention is um, if you're a student, undergrad, professional student, graduate, we offer wellness coaching at Wolverine Wellness. So check us out. Um, you can schedule online um, at Wolverine Wellness and um, you can check to see who all the different coaches are. So you can find out um, what they specialize in or what they like to talk about and you can sign up. Um, for that. And if you're a faculty member, you can do that as well. You can um, definitely direct um, students that you're concerned about or students who are asking questions that you don't know necessarily the answer, but they could use some extra support. Um, send them our way. Um, we'd love to um, work with you as a faculty member and um, the student as we um, navigate a place forward so that they can um, flourish and thrive here on campus. Yeah, and I guess the only thing I would add to that is we've also helped other schools and colleges create their own wellness courses. So for any other like faculty or instructors out there who, who even if you don't want to create your own wellness course, but you're, you're wondering about how to integrate some wellness strategies, tools, even just resources into your existing course, we're happy to consult about that as well. Thank you all so much for sharing that. And I'll be sure to link to the Wolverine Wellness website as well so that people are able to find that and schedule if they would like or learn more about the course and learn about all of you. So thank you all so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of really great information. Thank you for listening to the Michigan Minds podcast, a production of the University of Michigan. Join the conversation on social media with hashtag UMichImpact.